This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to to review over the game. Um, You know, I thought we were okay first half without being brilliant but we've created two big chances uh, John McGinn and, and Bert has created one for himself as well and they, they've had few chances a poor goal that we've conceded um, when Goldrick switches play on the halfway line runs off the back I think it might have been Guinea and then Elmo doesn't know he's there and tries to let the ball go out for the goal kick and um, you know you find yourself 1-0 down in a game where you know you feel that uh, you're on top and then obviously the sending off gives us a big advantage and we never took advantage of that um, unfortunately I thought we put too many poor balls into the box I didn't think we had enough good runs in the box as well um, and just lacked that little bit of quality which I expected with the players that we've got Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, your host and editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for a Sheffield United Villa post-match reaction, Mr. Chris Burt and Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. Hello. Oh, excitement in their voices. I am sure you uh, sure you detected uh, that. We've just come out of Match Club where we've... Uh, actually, that was quite funny, actually. Yeah. Especially uh, when I started comparing uh, Ollie Watkins thankless task up front in terms of uh, he's just got to do it because there's no other option to uh, the passion of christ with uh, jesus lumbering that uh, cross on his back while getting flailed every uh, few steps well it was, it was he had to be there obviously and you two you two obviously weren't there what the passion of christ <laughs> what do you think they are? i'm not friends with mel gibson Right, anyway, this is just a match reaction, so it's going to be sharp. We don't want to dwell on this because we've been talking about what's actually uh, the problem with Villa in 2021 uh, for the last few shows. So uh, if you want to uh, listen to a proper podcast, a very funny one as well, uh, if I may say so myself, uh, do go to the full show uh, episode 138, which precedes this one to uh, get the full experience. This is not the full experience of the My Old Man Said podcast. This is uh, the match reaction. I'm just sorry, I've just had a sip of my godfather, which I had to create uh, to get over this latest Aston Villa performance. Shocking, Ooh, where mate. do we start? 
where do we start? Let's start from the selection. Now, this is a an interesting one because uh, there's there's a school of thought, and both are valid. One is play the same team. Ramsey Nakamba, good games. They were, uh, you know, stick with a winning team. Yeah, that, that, that was me definitely. I was not side. I think, I think we all said that, didn't we? After Leeds, no, we didn't. <laughs> me and Phil did. Yeah, losers. <laughs> I propose would would it make more sense to let's basically rock up into Sheffield and just say like we're coming and we're coming to win this game and we're going to get on the ball and dictate it and run the show, you know. Basically, the coach pulls up, people are closing the window shutters because Villa are coming into town and we're going to intimidate you and take over this game. Well, this is how Wilder was talking. He was bigging us up and everything. So I thought to carry on Smith's rotation, uh, there was probably a school of thought to actually play Barkley, maybe uh, Sanson from the start and uh, get on the ball and let's dictate this game to them. But as I said, there's arguments for both. So what I'm essentially saying, you know, will we aggressive enough ultimately in those early exchanges, you thought, yeah, probably there's enough there anyway offensively to uh, win this game because Sheffield United, we, we spoke in Match Club, we've got a lot of respect for them because uh, we've, you know, we've had, uh, we've struggled in recent times. We've obviously played them a few times in the championship as well. Dean Smith, before this game, his last six encounters against Chris Wilder, he's only won once in six meetings in all competitions. So this is not a uh, turn up three points and off we go. But at the same time, it's if we want to make progress this season and just in terms of evolution, I'm not interested in, well, if you compare it to last season, it just as an excuse to write off any bad result. If you're making progress as a team and you're spending a lot of money on these players, you're looking at we need back-to-back wins if we want to talk, you know, and it's mainly the players that are talking about Europe. Anyway, when they scored, I mean, what, what were you thinking? Let's, let's talk about the goal. I mean, this is players switching off and not seeing a, a runner on the blind side, essentially, wasn't it? It's a poor goal. I mean, it's, they kind of work the work the move pretty well, but then when they're, you know, when the ball goes out to the, the right-hand side, our left, you think, hey, stop the cross, didn't do enough to do that. When the ball comes in, everyone just stops. He ghosts in at the back post. I mean, you know, it's a good striker's goal, but it's it's becoming a very what's the phrase that everyone uses? A t- typical Villa, basically, was like was on the tip of everyone's tongue at this point. We just think, you know, you've had so much of the ball. You look, you know, you've had a couple of big chances. McGinn had had a really big chance that he should have buried. We looked, we had a little bit of huff and puff about us without being at our fluid best, and it was relatively against the run of play at this point. And you thought, well, we're a goal down now, and. Sheffield United have not been getting blown away. While they've been losing a lot of games, they've not been getting battered in games. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I, I am now. at the same time I'm looking at the Sheffield United team and I'm and I'm thinking this isn't the best version of Sheffield United we've played in recent years. No, no. not at all. They were, they were awful. I mean, it's not it's not completely their fault that they were awful, but the last thing you want to do is give them something to hold on to because they've had so little to hold on to all season. Letting them take the lead, you know, it gave them that bit of hope to, that they carry on defending the rest of the game. But at half time, you're still thinking, well, we've created enough here to, uh, to still yeah. be in this game and still have the ambition of winning it. But at the same time, you're thinking... I mean, this is typical of this uh, this year, the turn of the year. We have lacked penetration, and we've we've struggled to score two goals in a game. Yeah, the the main reason we're picking up points is because we've uh, kept clean sheets. It's like conviction, because I mean, you haven't even mentioned the the Traore chance. I mean, Traore takes it around three or four players, like twinkle toes feet, and gets himself to about ten yards out straight in front of goal and just somehow conspires to kick it wide. I mean, you can say everything you want about how great the skill was to get himself into that position, but once you're in that position, there's no excuse for not hitting the target. Yeah, I mean, I I use the analogy of it's like great approach play in golf. 
and then uh, just crap putting. And if if you can't put, then it's <laughs> it just undermines everything. I'd agree with that. I mean, by definition, he's a wild card, isn't he? He scores goals he shouldn't finish like with his right foot and then uh, he'll he'll dance all the way through a, an opposition's defense and he's done this a couple of times at least and the finish is absolutely woeful and yeah. you almost feel sad for him because you think that just deserves to be a goal yeah we did it against arsenal as well that one where he put he was put clean through in the first half and he tried to lob the keeper instead of just passing it into the net so the key moment, uh, the second oldest player to get sent off in the Premier League, Jagielka, harsh decision. Yeah, you'd be raging if that was a Villa player, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, if you f- that's the best way to to work out if a decision is fair or not, is just flip it if it I happens mean, it's to Villa. A foul. Yeah, it's clearly a foul, it's clearly a yellow, and that's that's it. I mean, it's, he's still got a lot to do, hasn't he? It's not like he's just about to pull the trigger. Yeah, he had, he had a lot to do, the, the referee, to send him off, because it did take a few uh, minutes, and he ended up going to his monitor. And I just I just thought, he's not going to give that. But as soon as they uh, they say go to the monitor, that's a pretty good sign that they're going to overturn the decision. But it, I think it's one they pers- VAR persuaded him to uh, overturn. I think, yeah, I think so. I think the ref got it right, actually, to begin with. And then that, that was very much a, a, another Stockley Park decision. So I think there's, in that situation, is the referee is being influenced in that situation because, you know, come on, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit harsh. Yeah. But anyway, what is done is done. It begs the question, though. Villa should have focused on uh, Jagielka th- through, you know, throughout the game. I mean, we've got runners with pace like El Ghazi, Traore, you know, even Watkins. And, uh, you know, this is not the first choice Sheffield United backline, is it? No, they've had injuries all year, I think, which again isn't a good look. But you, you'd have thought, I suppose, because we, we never got the chance to allow Sheffield onto us. Once they once we conceded, they, they played that sort of low block and we, we just never got a chance to get in behind them, which as we've seen through the season, any team that's opened up, allowed Villa to play behind them has, has been in trouble. I mean, that, we, that never, is we, a, never, we, never, we never isolated them, did we? Yeah, I mean, as, as soon as uh, they went down to 10 men, that doubled their focus and suddenly they were kind of reminding themselves of what they're capable of uh, from last season. And, you know, let's not forget, they, uh, they managed to beat Manchester United only a few weeks ago. So uh, they, they are capable. People wrote them off uh, when they saw them at the bottom of the league with like 11 points. I mean, we, we, we said in match club, and we lest we forget, though, that they've I think they've only been like what you'd call hammered maybe two or three times. They've been losing a lot, but it's only been by the odd goal. It's been like one nils, two ones, most weeks. So they're always in games. They just haven't haven't got a lot of firepower. They didn't need it against Villa, did it? It was one shot and scored and shut up shop. It's they did to us what we did to so many teams this season. Yeah, We've got a taste, taste of our own medicine, really. I wasn't that convinced that it was the best thing that could have happened. Uh, them going down to ten men. No, cer- certainly not. And even even at that, you're looking to yourself right. They're down to ten men now. Now's the time to shake it up a bit, to change something, because what we've been doing so far hasn't been working. So if there's ever a chance to sort of, while they're sort of reorganizing their back line, now's the time for us to, you know, to step it up, to put another, you know, another attacker on, put someone on just to change it. But we didn't. This was the time for Smith to impose his will on the game. And this is where you bring on two substitutes. I mean, like your Mourinho's who are very proactive with subs. I mean, this is like primetime Mourinho back in the day. He would have brought on two subs straight away, even, you know, maybe three subs. Because that was what I said at the start of the start of the game there was two ways of approaching this game same again lads, because there's going to be a bit of huff and puff from Sheffield United, so more energy in the midfield. Or right, we're coming to town, we're coming to win here. You know, you play your more attacking-minded players. So this was the time, you know, even if it was, even if you did it because they're 
they're setting up. Chris Wilder is now setting up to play the existing team. What he's seen, he's seen how Villa are playing. He's seen the patterns of play, so he's setting up that ten to combat what he's seen. And but Smith, it was almost like it was this kind of passive. Well, we'll give the existing guys ten minutes, and then we'll, uh, you know, then we'll make some subs if it's not going well. Then, and I, I thought that was a, a key key moment in the game. We just didn't go for the jugular. It was the kind of ah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll bring Ross on because that's what he does and Sanson. But it wasn't a case of we might change shape. It was just like for like. But the timing of it, pieces, yeah, again. Yeah, well, Barkley was—he was getting stripped off, wasn't he? After about fifty minutes, he was—it had the air of, well, I'll give you ten minutes at the start, of second half, and then we'll make the change. Yeah. On about fifty-five minutes, I think it was fifty-seven. I think it was when um, Jagielka gets sent off, and suddenly that almost derails Villa's plan. Well, if anything, you should—you need to be more proactive. Because at half time we were actually talking about, you know, there's a there's a conversation to be had here about making subs at half time because A we're one nil down and we really haven't reacted to this. It's like all, all season. Yeah, we haven't reacted all season to going a goal down. No, it's a horrible, horrible thread that we've had. And it doesn't look it doesn't look like stopping anytime soon. Another thing about at that half time in match club, we were talking about um the examples of uh proactive managers making those decisions making those proactive subs at key moments in the game to try to be the first to seize the initiative well and smith has a little bit of a greek chorus now because he's got shakespeare he's got richard o'kelly he's got terry he's got cutler and there is a bit more there's a bit of a uh, discussion that's always had before any decisions are made so i don't know if we've lost anything to this greek chorus that's needed to make decisions and that takes away from that that proactive approach, almost like uh, gut and you know forceful uh, decision making. But I think that's for me. That's where uh, we suddenly uh, lost the initiative of taking advantage of this ten man situation from the off, and then it just became uh, it just played out like defense versus attack training session with no real uh, emphasis on uh, trying to turn this game around. I mean, we had four shots on target in the whole game. Yeah, the the last um, the last half hour was just descended, and uh, one floated cross after another coming from either side. I mean, like we said before, Sheffield United's keeper isn't he hasn't had the best of seasons, but we made him look like Martinez. The amount of times he came out unchallenged and caught the ball. Um, I mean, the the chance that Ollie Watkins had um, when he makes that header, he's closer to being out of the penalty box than it. But the rest of the balls, we were floating in there as if prime Duncan Ferguson was going to run 10 yards and take ball keeper and everything into the net but you know we don't have that player anywhere yeah it's like tactics for a team that we don't have we just we had a, an air of a team that were panicking and we didn't you look at for example the you know the night before that game you saw what City did to Wolves where they had 10 minutes to go they they sort of had their plan they stuck to it they had a bit of confidence and they thought well we will work the opportunity Villa never worked the opportunity they were never patient they got into the final third and they spent a lot of time in you know in the in that final third, but they didn't. You never thought they were actually going to really make a, a a big chance. It was always a case of you know, you know if, if Sheffield United failed to clear it, it might fall to someone. But you never thought we were going to play through them and have a clear cut chance or put a quality ball in. It all it all sort of had the air of sort of aimlessness. And the yeah, whole performance think- did really from all game on the field in the in the um, in the dugout. It was all just a bit aimless and a, it lacked sort of focus. And that real killer instinct. Yeah, it's a key word, aimless. And there 
it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, I mean, a couple of times where we, we were having... Uh kind of results was uh, actually when we ran at them there was a couple I mean the Troy example straight away when he you know he ghosted past about four players before he got the lame shot then Al Ghazi went through the middle and uh, did pretty well and you're just thinking this is what we need especially when they went down to 10 men is to like run at them run into that box you know just do com- what Ma- just commit commit them do what Manchester United always do to us in the last 10 minutes when they're desperate play for the penalty do some shithousery try to uh, nick something but give them something to think about don't just floft in balls I mean they subbed on a sub didn't they they subbed off a sub yeah they had Burke was their sub whenever they went down the, the 10 men because he's you know he was a live wire up front he's quick so he, he kept he kept Mings and Condon from getting too comfortable on the ball but whenever Villa started firing these crosses and were getting corners at the end they brought on McBurney who's a better header of the ball so there's no sentiment at all from Wilder it was like right this needs done to win the game so on yeah. they came and, and you have to give him credit for that so that's you know that's a manager reacting to what's happening in front of his eyes the passage of play and and swiftly and this is you know going back those subs should have been brought on pretty much on the half uh, half hour to go mark yeah it can't be um, coincidence that it's always these midweek games that we, we fall down on and fail on it's almost as if the you know you the all the preparation seems to go into the weekend game. I mean, we talked about how well drilled they were against Leeds. They had a perfect plan, stuck to it. Everything went perfectly, and then it's almost as if the midweek games an afterthought. And it's just, is it, was it same again? Was it? You, you just don't know because did, we didn't see what way they set up to play against Sheffield. It was just like we'll turn up and see how it goes. There was a little bit of like you know, just say play the same way rather than a unique uh, a unique plan for this game. Yeah, and an air of you know, if we play well, we'll win. Well. We didn't. You know, it's similar when too many times. We'd won the first four games of the season, then played Leeds, and we just thought, yeah, they're missing Phillips, uh, missing uh, Liam Cooper. You know, we we should win this. We can just play, you know, take them on head to head and we'll we'll come out superior. I think we just, we, we run out of ideas quickly. I mean, we came out in the start of the second half and you thought for five minutes or so, five, 10 minutes, you know, oh, Villa are knocking it around here pretty well. They've, they've clearly had a bit of a rollicking at, 
at the break to, to play with higher tempo, move the ball more quickly, which they did. And you thought, oh, it's, it's surely only a matter of time before we, we kind of break them down. And then actually, it almost felt like we were less and less likely to. Yeah. When we went and they went down to ten, and we just sort of run out of steam, or run out of ideas, or confidence, or a bit of bit of all three. I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, Watkins and this thankless passion of Christ thing, where doesn't matter what's happening, we have to just play Watkins because there's no other alternatives. And whether you know he's not seeing any of the action, or the opposition's worked him out, or if he's not in form, or whatever the city is injured, or whatever carrying a knot. There's no way of freshening that up. We can't play somebody alongside him effectively or we can't give him a rest or sub him in game. It just It's the same old thing. And if it doesn't work, then it's not working. And, and this is like, uh, you know, this is our attacking force, so to speak, our main, main man up front. Nothing against him. There's just nothing to really help him or take uh, the onus off him. And, you know, this comes down to the gamble of uh, not getting a, another striker in. I mean, we thought, go back to the summer that the reason why we weren't getting anybody in was because Wesley would probably be back uh, December time and they were banking on uh, Watkins not getting injured but you know in hindsight now and here we are in March and Wesley's only just joined in contact training you think "Hmm, there was actually bigger potential for this season than we perhaps thought I mean you know, the positives out there will go, well, you know, compare it to last season. But as, as I already said, it's like you judge and have the bar as you go along and you see the opportunity. Leicester City, when they won the league, after they got beat in a game in that season, they won the league. They weren't thinking, well, you know, we, we only just managed to escape relegation last season. So, you know, let's be happy. You know, they weren't happy with that. They saw the opportunity and they kept that as the level of ambition. And Villa here in danger of just, uh, and I think, well, it's our destiny now. It's for this season anyway. We'll finish mid-table, you, you know, end of the season. You think, oh well, we improved. Yeah, we improved. But there, I think there was more of an opportunity here to get people more excited for the season to come. That's been the theme, hasn't it? Really, we've had maybe what three, four, if you include the, the Sheffield United game, opportunities in games to to put big markers down, and every time without fail, we've fallen short generally against an inferior team. Well, it goes back, Chris, to uh, one thing that was at stake after we won those first four games was if we beat Leeds, we go top of the table. When we never we never had that opportunity again. Even if we drew against them, we went top of the table. Yeah, no, yeah. G- good point. And that, you know, that's it doesn't really matter any much in the scheme of things, but, you know, psychologically maybe, but it's just an example of when opportunity knocks, we haven't kicked down the door. Yeah, and I think, you know, Smith or somebody in in the coaching setup has to say to the players, you know, like, you don't let these opportunities go because Villa went their three points off the top four with a game in hand on the West Ham there and fourth. And how how many times over the, I mean, in the O'Neill era, if you were that far behind, you wouldn't be giving up on top four. You'd be thinking, just we're coming down in the rails here. We're just in the perfect position. So but by letting it go again, it's, it's it's like it was the anniversary of that Stoke 2H game. It was just an, another one of those games tonight. It was just like you were right there, you had it, and just you didn't see it through. I mean, it was it was again that it was win at all costs tonight, and then. It's it's big balls mentality, isn't it? It's like we're here in the here and now. Do you want to take the opportunity or not? We have got here on merit to be in a position. Do you want to kick on or do you just relax now and just say, oh, you know, it's better than last season, and we'll see what happens next season. Yeah, well, look at Liverpool. That's what happens the next season because they they were a hundred mile an hour until they won the league, and then intensity dropped off, and they never got it back. Yeah, and that's the thing. Our intensity's dropped. You know, a, a team who has aspirations to achieve something in the league goes into that game tonight and they and they find a way. 
and you you know you walk out of there with a two one win, worst very worst case of draw, but you find you find a way. Because we're not talking about if we had won this game, we'd necessarily achieve anything, but we'd be passing the tests, the the bottom line tests. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, win a couple of back to back games so we can talk seriously talk about this team going somewhere. Beat the team that's bottom of the league that's only managed fourteen points. I mean, didn't we say earlier in the season that we hope we don't live to regret certain results? Well, as yeah. things stand. Five points from 18 against she- two games against Sheffield United, two against Brighton, two against Burnley. I yep. mean, if you have aspirations to to be anywhere near the European places, you're taking points in those games. You know you're going to have bumps in the road during the season, and you know and we've had some really highs, and it's it's been very very positive. But when you've raised the bar, you're going to the bottom of the table side who can't buy a win, and they've got ten men. You have to find a way. Yeah, you know, by hook or by crook, you find a way, and you get over the line. And if you don't, yeah. it's because you don't deserve to. Right. Uh, if this isn't at meltdown time, we're just uh, saying... It's very that- frustrating, isn't it? Again. Mm-hmm. Yet again. But- because like like everything, you're allowed to be annoyed whenever a result like that comes up. You're allowed to be pissed off. I mean, it's yeah. it's a game they should have won. I mean, it, it's not a meltdown to say we should have won that and I'm not pleased because we didn't. Yeah, and if you're happy every game, just comparing it to last season and, and basically, I mean, there's Twitter accounts like that. Just say positive things, compare it to last season. Oh, yeah, it's all good. Don't worry, have a drink, whatever. This is lacking of ambition and uh, this isn't why I'm in football. I'm in football to try to win. Like sport in general, sports about achieving things. Yeah, I always hated the uh, it's the turning up that counts uh, and philosophy. And we said that the big, the, big, the big theme of this season has been opportunity. You look at all the teams who have been in and around us and above us, they've all had little wobbles through the season. Now is the season to do it because next season, a lot of these teams, they aren't going to be this bad. Are West Ham fans really saying, well, you know, we're, at least we're not in a relegation battle like last season? No, they're saying, come on, yeehaw. Yeah, yeah. You look, let's, let's look upwards. Yeah, end the last season, West Ham. If you tell uh, a West Ham fan you're only going to add Jesse Lingard at the, on the January transfer window, and you're going to be sitting in fourth, they'll laugh at you. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, you can say they bought Ben Rama, but sure, he's, he's useless. He's hardly played. Or the extreme example: if you'd told uh, freshly promote, promoted, just escaped relegation uh, Leicester City fans. At 5,000 to 1, they were going to win the league. By a good margin as well. It wasn't like they won it on the last day. <laughs> they would have done more than laughed at you. Mm-hmm. They would have committed you to an insane asylum. End of the day, when opportunity knocks, you have to grasp it. And at the moment, Villa aren't grasping it. Yeah. It's as simple as that. No. Because this is the mentality. We're looking at players that if we evolve, let's say we get 25% better next season, that you would be expecting definitely 100% to be competing in the top six for Europe. If you want Grealish to stay at Villa, and if you've been uh, breaking your transfer records to get strikers in and paying top dollar for defenders, you're not doing it just to piss around in mid-table. You're doing it because you have ambition and everybody at the club behind the scenes does. Would you think billionaires take over just to pump cash into a mid-table team and not see a proper return? And just I'll, my final point will be just on a thing of of just watching Villa for for a long period of this season. Every you know most pundits you've heard Carragher waxing lyrical weekly about Villa. We've spoken about it. Everyone's mentioned Villa for a long time have been box office, and right now we are pretty bloody turgid to watch with the ball for whatever reason. Yeah, I you know I love good defence. Like, we've really lost. You no, know, we've we've got we've, our defence has been great. Carried us through games. We've had some really great backs to the wall wins. That's great. But we've really lost our mojo at the other end of the field for me. What is it? We've only we've only scored two or more in a game once this side of Christmas. Yeah, and we are including 
the villa with Grealish in this. This, this isn't just happened because he's uh, injured. There was it was stuttering pretty much twenty twenty one. Yep, turn of the year really. You can obviously mitigate with the uh, the COVID situation, etc. And th- that is a valid point. But also uh, sometimes like to the Sheffield United game, it's almost like we didn't believe we could make short work and win the game. And uh, it's almost like we just expected it to happen without really uh, putting the effort in. Yeah. Any closing thoughts as we get out of this match reaction and disappear off? No, uh, that that just sums up the way we approach like chances in the box and things like that. It's just you're expecting something to happen if you keep doing the right thing. Or if they'll keep playing it like this, it, it's going to happen. Some some of them needs to you know take a take a chance, take make sure it goes in. You know, clinical, whatever you want to call it, just put the ball in the net. Do you think because they took the lion out the badge that affected us? We lost a bit of raw, yeah. Mm. As I said at the top, uh, please do tune in to uh, episode 138 for the full experience of the My Old Man Said podcast because it'll probably lift your mood after this uh, Sheffield United result. That would be the main thing. For the most fun, I think this season you can potentially have is to join uh, Match Club. Doesn't matter about the result. Always uh, a good uh, a good time. It's always box office. Mm-hmm. So uh, please do, uh, to join, all you have to do is become a My Old Man Said patron and support the show, as well as uh, access to Match Club. You also get extra podcasts because you get uh, exclusive access to the My Old Man Said Patreon podcast channel, where we serve up some uh, separate shows. Uh, I do a solo show called Off the Record. There's the Mad Few, where we uh, tackle the Mad Few questions head on, which is uh, it's a mixture of patron question, My Old Man Said patron questions, and also the Mad Few Facebook group, which uh, I'll leave a link to in the notes. There's also coming soon. I, I like to keep saying coming soon. It's a bit like Wesley coming back soon. Uh, the my old Mandalorian said, which has nothing to do with uh, Aston Villa. It's uh, our little uh, foray into uh, screen culture. The first one should be out in the next few days, so uh, watch out for that. But yeah, please do go to uh, said.com and click on the patron link or in the show notes and find out more details there. Just quickly, I just want to thank Pirate Gaz for signing up as a patron benjamin david as well james Kenevy, who uh is already a patron i think he just re-signed up there also thank you very much to uh sam baggett for signing up for the year if you uh sign up for the year which you'll see as an option uh, you get 15 percent off that's two months free so thank you very much to those guys and uh, as i said my said.com click on the patron link and join us for the next match club against the dogheads right uh until the weekend chaps it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.